0: it's time for the crunch time plays podcast where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros and now here's your host bennett ganey
1: what's up y'all live loose here hey what's up this is danny wexelman Hey, what's up? Danny wexelman. Hi, everyone i'm steffi smalls what's up everyone it's ben lindy this is andrea carter hey there it's brooks
0: Austin. and you are watching and listening to crunch time plays what's going on everybody welcome back to crunch time plays today whether you're watching us on youtube listening to us on apple Podcasts or spotify thanks so much should go ahead and hit that subscribe button while you're here and and we've we're kind of taking a break from from football today we've been going been going after that ahead of media days uh pretty hard but we're kind of focusing on some other things that are happening around the world of of college sports and we're just we're hitting on softball today and we've got Got a lady that's done it. We've done it before. We're always trying to bring the best guests on that, that have coached or played or, or covered the game. And and we've got A.J. Andrews today. She's a very, very good player uh, at LSU and she's going to bring her expertise to the program today. So A.J., hope you're doing well and thanks again for, for taking some time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, uh, You're welcome. And I just wanted to, to ask you just to start off about uh, the Home Run Derby, I know you were there uh, last week uh, for Major League Baseball. You are there in, in Colorado, and we're kind of talking about it uh, to start off with, just, just the storylines surrounding that, whether it was Otani or whether it was Alonzo. Just what were a, a couple things that, that caught your eye about, about being there uh, last week and, and just being around uh, all, the, all the All-Star Game uh, festivities there out in Colorado?
1: You know, I think everyone's getting really excited for baseball. I think baseball has been, you know, the conversation of, you know, the short season and things kind of happening sporadically. There's just a lot of different conversations surrounding baseball. Obviously, you know, the excitement, the fans are there you know, our fans really being able to stay engaged the way they used to. Is it a dying sport? And, you know, you saw a lot of excitement, at least I did, with All-Star Weekend. People were really excited for it. The Home Run Derby was packed in there. Uh, you had the conversation with, you know, Atani, who's a once-in-a-lifetime player, going to be out there for the Home Run Derby. Pete Alonso came out and just, crushed it literally. So ended up winning and you know, it was just a lot of fun. It was exciting. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool to be able to see those all-stars everyone in good spirit, especially after the year that we had last year, you know, I'm hoping that this is really going to get the momentum, continuing to build with the sport of baseball and moving forward. And we can see some of the excitement that we had seen in years past really, truly not that I never really felt like the excitement left, but to continue to bring that interest and that engagement back to the sport.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Baseball is certainly a, a a sport that that's probably gonna is especially gonna get more exciting, especially as these stars uh, keep showing themselves. But but a sport this this also uh, been very exciting. though you you played and it's is college softball and and the women's college world series this past year definitely got a great deal of attention. Whether it was is James Madison or the run that they made or or Oklahoma winning it all or or Alabama with, with Montana Fouts and the SEC. Just what was what was your main uh, takeaway from from the Women's College World Series and and just the impact that it's made uh, on the game over the past couple of years? Seems like uh, fans are really starting to pay attention to softball over these last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I mean, over these last couple of years, you, it's, the numbers don't lie, right? The engagement has been up. The viewership has been up. This year was record-breaking year where it completely surpassed the men's uh, college world series. And so, you know, I think that softball is an extremely fun and exciting sport to watch. It is a sport that everyone really needs to start taking aim for. It is a revenue making sport in college sports. It is a, it is to be reckoned with a hundred percent. And these women that are playing this sport are super exciting and deserve the respect, the recognition that they are just now getting. And, you know, I think it's really amazing to be able to see, because when you have such talented athletes that have been putting in the same amount of work as men have been putting in, but for a really long time hadn't been getting the same respect, recognition, or even just appreciation, it's it can be very frustrating. I was a part of that role where you're only on TV if you're on the World Series. And now you see these young women going to be on TV all throughout the year, and I think that that is what has continuously built up the excitement surrounding women's sports. And I think it completely eradicates the narrative that oh, these women don't have the fans; these women are not as exciting as men. Oh, this—I mean—that that you can't even mention that anymore. It's not even—it's it, re- irrelevant currently. And so, you know, when you talk about media sponsors and people getting engaged and brands being behind these women, um, you know, a lot of the times people will say, well. Or do they have as much as the men would have? And the answer is yes. The answer is 100% yes, one. Also, the conversation of do we wait for them to get the fans or bring the media when it comes to not just softball, but any woman in sport, right? People always have the conversation of is it the chicken or the egg? Is it they have to have more fans before we bring the cameras in? Or do the cameras bring in the fans? Hello, I think softball is the perfect perfect example of you bring in the cameras and watch them come, right? You build it and they will come and you put the eyes on them and they will watch. Softball is that perfect example, which now leads to other sports not being able to make that excuse, right? You have give them the camera time and watch what happens. I mean, this is something that's been going on, not just with softball, but with the WNBA, with the NWSL, with the NWHL, like this is a current trend where you are now watching this excuse, this long built excuse of, oh, they just don't have the fans. They just don't have the viewership. No, we just were not allotted the same opportunity to have that viewership. And now you see the opportunity happening. And now you're seeing you're going to reap the benefits of the same amount of coverage that you give to the men that you give to the women. Brands, sponsors, XYZ need to be dialed in and investing in these women the way that they are investing in the men.
0: Well, those, those are certainly great points. And, 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 for me, like for me, I've, I've always been, you know, a, a softball fan. I never really, never really realized, well, I mean, maybe it was just because of, of, growing up playing baseball, but, but I've always been a really big fan of, of softball, just the, you know, just the, you know, just the fast pace of the game, the way, the way the, way these, these ladies like yourself play the game really in a professional manner, really, in, you know, it really brings in. Uh, really encapsulates uh, everybody. You know, younger younger generations that that look up uh, not only to you but to people that are that are playing now and, and really being able to to build their brand, build their softball brand that way. And and I did want kind of, I did want to ask you about uh, speaking of building brands. I did want to ask you about uh, NIL and how that's going to affect uh, college softball. And know, you know, you only get uh, so many scholarships on the team. You only get you only get you know eleven or twelve. Uh, in college softball, kind of brings kind of baseball into the conversation as well with the scholarship limit. But but how do you see NIL kind of affecting uh, softball? I know kind of looking at it, it seems like baseball and softball could definitely be uh, two of the major uh, benefactor sports just based on the the scholarship count, being able for these uh, ladies to grow their their social media following, grow their grow their grow their personal brand, being able to secure uh, these deals, and and when you're talking about uh, being able to only hand out you know quarter half scholarships the rest of that money could really uh, make the difference in terms of whether it's paying for school or whether it's uh, having your family come and and watch you uh, play games so how do you think uh, the NIL affects the sport in that way
1: You know I think for I think it's really cool the way that athletes I mean, athletes deserve to be paid right you have these athletes that are bringing in these millions of dollars to the institutions yet are trying to scrum for change in order to pay for their lunch, right? It's just not, it doesn't, it never made sense. And so, you know, now when you're able to, and then you get in trouble if someone offers to pay for your dinner as an athlete, like those type, that logic just says it. it never really made sense. And so now you have these athletes where they're able to get paid for their likeness because everyone else is using their likeness, but not paying them to use their likeness. You know, a lot of just because they're, uh, NCAA athlete. So to me, it just it just sounds logical and it sounds like it's it makes sense for this to now finally be in play. And then when you talk about the opportunity to make money, I mean this is huge. Yes, for men it's great, right? But men have a lot more opportunities to go play professional sports and make a lot of money more than women do. Okay. There is professional softball. I currently play, but we do not make the money that MLB players are making, right? And then you have, you think of the sport of softball, you think of, I think of gymnastics. These women have huge platforms in college, but they have, there's after those four years, they're done and they're not able to monetize off of those four years. You know, I think it's huge for women in sports where the opportunity to go and make a lot of money is not going to be present outside of college. They are these icons in college they are putting in this work sometimes more notable than the male sports at their school right there's a lot of schools where the women's sports are more talented, they have more success than the men do. And they don't get the opportunity to make the money that the men are going to make, especially outside of college. So for me, I think it's great for all sports, all athletes, but it's huge for women in sports, because women do not have that same, they're not just not a lot of that same opportunity to monetize off of their likeness and their brand. You know, I think it is social media is huge. Social media is something that is allowing so many people to Make money from just doing having fun or doing things that they like to do. And so being able to have these athletes create their own brand, have a brand that is outside of just the school, you know, for so long, it's kind of like, all right, you only represent the letters on your chest, right? You have to do all you can do in order to represent this brand the best. Now you're able to create your own brand and really showcase who it is you are, have your own personality, have fun, be yourself. You know, to me, it's a lot more than just the money. It's a, it's an opportunity for these athletes to be able to showcase who they really are, which for a long time, maybe they felt like they were censored because it was all under the guise of the NCAA, how you can act, how you're supposed to be, or your, your institution. And so now being able to be who they are and be able to monetize off of that. I think it's going to be, it's absolutely amazing. It was necessary. I mean, for a long time, it was unfair. And now you can, people can't just put your face and name everywhere without you getting a buck from it. And hopefully a lot of less athletes are going to go hungry in college when their colleges are making millions of dollars from their face. So I think it's only right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely true. You know, the way I, Kind of thought about it was, you know, other other you know regular students on campus have have every uh, opportunity to to make money and and whether it's you know having a YouTube channel or making a mixtape if they're a music major or different things like that or or really doing. things. have a job. I mean, like I I remember
1: having my sports classes and we would have these conversations and these debates and there would be we call them I call them muggles, (laughs) or you know whatever, non-athletic individuals, people that are not in sports, they, um, <laughs> they would always make the argument that we are just blessed to be athletes. We're blessed to have the opportunity to play for our, our institution and yada, yada, yada. And I'm saying like, you get to make your own schedule when you go to work. Okay, You get to decide when it is that you want to be where you want to be you get to go, you you tell them your availability and they give you what they can work with there. You go, you can call days off, right? You're sick, you don't get to go in. If we're sick as athletes, somebody may have just taken our spot. Like this is not all cotton candy and flowers here in the sports world, right? It's competitive every single day. Someone is making our schedule every single day. We don't feel good, mm, too bad. You better be there at six. Hey, you don't miss, you miss that? You're not playing, you know, like it's just it's not the situation that I think a lot of people that are not um, student athletes really understand unless you are a student athlete. So I agree.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. You know, why why shouldn't, you know, student athletes being able to to grow their to grow their brand, profit off their name, image, and likeness when when other, you know, just regular students on campus have the opportunity to do the same thing. It's just, you know, it seems like common sense to me, but it's been. It's you know it's been such a non-starter you know other than uh, when this NIL stuff's kind of gained uh, momentum over the past couple of years. But I did want I did kind of want to ask you about about one of the criticisms of of NIL, and I thought you'd be the perfect person to ask this. you've been you've been, you know you've been in the locker room, you've played uh, for a long time both at LSU and now professionally as well. But how how do you think it it affects the locker room when? And when you have a great culture, obviously the the culture is going to be uh, great. But for for maybe teams that that don't have such a, a great culture that that aren't that aren't rowing the same direction as a team, do you do you get the sense that that NIL and some of the opportunities that the student athletes or specific student athletes might have, do you think that could, from a a lady that's that's been in the locker room, could that cause any division in the locker room? Do you think?
1: I don't know. I think it all depends on the culture of your team and the environment of what you're around. I think you build a culture where everyone is celebratory of each other, then it wouldn't be like that. And, you know, I think maybe it'd even be an opportunity where someone's blowing up and those people on the team get involved and they also blow up because they are now involved with that one individual that has already. You know, I think it all just kind of dives into what you already have built in or what the coach has built in right no two teams are the same no even on the same in the same institution right my freshman year team isn't going to be the same as my sophomore year team we may my freshman year team may have gelled more than anybody else and some individuals leave some people come in and it's just a completely different environment right so a lot of the time you know and you just you have to lend on the culture to form those bonds and that environment that you want to create be the environment that you want to be around. And so I think that it just really all depends. You know, there's, I think there will be, obviously there's going to be people that don't like it. They may be jealous or may want that same attention. And then there's going to be some people that don't care. I mean, there's a lot of people that just don't care about social media, right? There's going to be like, I'm an athlete. I want to win a championship. You go ahead and keep dancing or do whatever you're doing. That's getting all these views and likes. I'm going to go play on this field and win a trophy, right? There's people, there's just people with different mindsets, different goals. Some people care, some people do not. I mean, there's, there's just going to be a lot of, um, I think there's going to be a lot of different opinions, right? I don't think there's going to be like one sole surrounding conversation about these individuals. You know, I think there may be conversations where you have people that maybe don't even play or not starting, right? But because they have such a huge social presence, they're the ones getting all the attention. And you know, it's you know, that could be potentially a conversation maybe if you care about that, right? But you know, I think at the end of the day when it comes down to who's talking, it just comes down to what you care about. If you care about so and so being talked about on TikTok more than you care about your performance on the field, then I don't know. Maybe we need to dive into our priorities, but you know, I think that it just really it, it it's going to depend on how you are as a team and as how you are as a culture. I think you have to build that culture where everyone is celebrating each other. But when it comes down to it, I think it's important to as long as as soon as you get on the field and it's game time. If I was say leader in a locker room, right? I'm like, I love what you're doing. Keep doing the TikTok thing. Keep pulling out your brand on social. But when we step into this locker room it's done right we or maybe when we have 10 minutes until we have to be out to the field phones are away right we're focused on practice we're focused on the game to where you build a culture inside the locker room where it's not based on what's happening outside which is what it should be right every single time so you know i think you just have to everyone's going to have to get to a point whether it's coaches or the leaders in those locker rooms where you set out boundaries and rules to where love what everyone is doing. But when we step here, when this practice starts at 205 or whatever it may be, we are the LSU Tigers. We are the so-and-so. So so. it's not so-and-so, so-and-so's brand, so-and-so's brand, so-and-so's brand. It is this, right? As soon as we get off the field, you are whoever you want to be. You go create your next dance, have fun, do your thing. But when we play Boom, right? Because we all signed. We the thing is, when I think about it, why I don't think it's that big of a deal is because I don't care how big of a TikTok star you are. If you go and play for whoever and I'm at LSU, I'm going to beat you. Like go enjoy your dance, right? But I my goal is to demolish you on the field. Right. And at the end of the day, I just don't care about anything else other than that. I went to my institution because I wanted to win not because I wanted to become Instagram famous. And if that was, if that was those are your priorities, going to school, mm, I don't know if you're going to win a lot of, you're going to do very well, right? So, you know, I think it just comes down to what it is that you are as an athlete, who you want to be and the environment that you're surrounded around.
0: But yeah, that that was actually going to be uh going to be my next question about. And you kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit uh, already because you bring up some great points about about staying focused on on softball while you're on while you're on the field or anywhere for for that matter, the basketball court or or wherever uh, student athletes are. But but how difficult do you think it would be uh, from from a coach's perspective to to kind of manage um the locker room uh, in that way, being able to to get, really get focused whenever you. Whenever you set your eyes uh, on a championship, whether you're, whether you're in the locker room or or maybe they're going to leave it up uh, to kind of the leaders on the team to really take charge and and to really you know, get everybody's in the correct mindset when it, whether it's going out to practice or going out to a game or or whatever. But how difficult do you think uh, coaches' jobs uh, will be now that the NIL is kind of set in where everybody has? Where they're trying to not only you want people to to grow their personal brand but whenever you get on the field you definitely want to be able to try to win a championship
1: i don't really think it's going to change at all i don't think the the coaches goals change right i think you're just i mean these girls are have been doing it this whole time right like TikToking isn't new right that's what they're doing they're taking pictures isn't new having a presence if you had a presence on social media it's probably not Something that you're just starting. You probably have already had it prior to this past couple of months, right? So I don't really feel like the dynamic is any different. All that's happening now is people can make more money. You can make money off of it. So it's just to me, it, it doesn't feel like a huge difference. It doesn't feel like something that's going to have this extreme impact on teams. All it's going to do is just put more money in these kids' pockets and give them an opportunity to have. Bigger or more opportunities for their own selves and their own brands outside of just the institution that they're playing for. But I don't believe it's going to really change the culture, uh, you know, unless you just have a lot of toxic people on your team, which you have with or without this NIL happening, right? You, you have bad apples, you had people that brought down the energy of the team be- years before this, when sports first started, right? There are people like that. So You know, I I don't think that it's really going to change that much outside of the fact that these people are going to be able to monetize off of what they deserve to monetize off of. And coaches, I think whatever they had in play for the girls that were already doing these things, I think they're probably just going to keep it that way, right? Or the men, they're probably just gonna keep it that way. Coaches may even get involved in it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that enjoy that part of, you know, connecting with their players. And there's some coaches that, as I said, okay, as soon as you step on this field, put the phone away, right? There you just, you built what you want. You build what you want to have. And so I don't I don't think it's going to have a huge difference on these coaches and the way that they're coaching or the way that they're thinking about coaching. They want to win championships. They're not concerned with who is has the most followers over somebody else. And, you know, for the most part, the athletes aren't concerned with that either, right? You know, so-and-so has a lot of followers and it's because they either built up their brand or they just have a big presence. And, you know, it's, if you want that, you build a big presence, right? It really isn't, it really isn't rocket science, right? If you want to have this presence the way that another teammate has, create it. And so just the way we, I, I think of it just the way in sports, right? If you want to be a better home run hitter, you need to get to the cages and work on it. If you wanna be more consistent on the field, you need to go outside and start making some diving catches, right? If you wanna have a bigger presence on TikTok, go out and start dancing a little bit more. There's just, to me, it's just kind of, it's it's a simple math problem. And so, and if I'm a coach, it's really not of my concern. You're on my team because you're a good athlete. You're on the field because I think you're gonna help our team win. And when the game is over, then you go do what you got to do for your own brand. But when the game starts, you are an LSU Tiger or whoever, and you need to be focused and doing what you need to do on this field. And if you're not, there's always – everyone's replaceable, right? And I think that that, especially in SEC sports, you know, teams that are always really good, people want to be a part of those programs. Everyone is replaceable. If you don't have the focus, someone else will. If you're concerned about social media, someone else is not. And so, you know, it just, it, to me, it just, it doesn't have that big impact. I think a lot of people are feeling like it's going to have outside of people are just going to be able to, to eat better. And some women in sports are going to be able to create careers outside of sports when that inevitably is going to end because the opportunities to play professionally are not allotted to them the same way it is for men.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Those are all, all great points. And, and when, you know, to bring up uh, people being replaceable, you know, in in any, in any, whether it's on the field or, or off the field, everybody's always trying to, to develop their craft, whether it's building their brand or, or building their, their softball game, like you just, like you just said, and getting better at that. And, and speaking of, of kind of, kind of building up uh, the younger generation of, of next softball players, I did kind of want to ask you about how NIL may be affecting some. Uh, you know, college players being able to to possibly you know run some, some run some some camps on their own or, or different things like that, and maybe make a make a few extra uh, dollars. Really trying to just trying to build up the younger generation of the game, or really uh, make an impact on them. Do you do you get the sense that that any players I uh, could possibly uh, be doing that, maybe starting their own uh, softball camp or anything like that?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what we all have to do. Anyway, you know, whether you go out and you play professionally or you are in the summer, you're creating camps for these young girls. I mean, it's really an opportunity to be able to be involved in the sport that you love, teaching the young girls what you know, and still be able to make some money from it. And so, you know, I think that a lot of these young athletes being able to have these different camps, it's going to be huge. I mean, who wouldn't, if you're a pitcher, who doesn't want to go to a Montana Fouts camp this summer? Right. Granted, she's probably going to be focused on getting herself better for season. I mean, it's July already. It's going to, they're going to have to be back on campus in what, four more weeks. Right. Like it's everything just kind of happens fast. But if you do have the opportunity, say, like over Christmas to have a camp or a clinic, it's going to be huge. Everyone wants to learn from these athletes, especially while they're still in college. Um, but when they're outside of college, too, I mean, professional athletes, a lot of the money that they make are from teaching the youth. And so, you know, I think it's just, it's a really great opportunity for these, these athletes to build that kind of brand, especially if they want to be coaches, you know, if they want to be these athletes when they leave uh, college softball, or they want to be coaches when they leave college softball, whether it be college coach or a youth coach, you know, being able to have that platform and build that platform up while you're still in college is invaluable.
0: Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Always, always trying to 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 grow yourself, as well as instilling your knowledge on on the next generation of the game, which all these student athletes do an incredible job of. And I think I did want to ask you before I kind of get into to your career and what you're doing now. I did kind of want to ask you about some storylines in the SEC that you may be watching uh, into the the offseason heading into to next season whether it be you know Montana Fouts coming back or or the teams that that made it to to Oklahoma City the past year maybe they can get back again just what are some of those uh, SEC storylines uh, that you're really looking forward to uh, heading into the offseason and then and then going into next year
1: I think that the storyline is just the girls are able to come back for that fifth year and to be able to have that experience that they had this year you know a lot of the sec softball teams that were projected to make it to the world series didn't make it so a lot did you know and i think that when you had eight in the eight if i'm not correct, mistaken i mean, think was eight sec schools in the super regionals and only four made it through and so you know it was hard it's but i think that's it's hard. So it's hard. Postseason softball is hard. Postseason baseball is hard. People win that maybe aren't supposed to win. Things happen that are crazy that aren't supposed to happen. That's the excitement of postseason. And I mean we see it all across the board from college to professional, right? Postseason MLB is exciting. There's just a lot that goes into the postseason. The people that you think are going to win a lot of times don't. And it's, it's not that they're less talented or the other team's more, or just things happen. And that's the, that's the beauty of the sport. And sometimes if you're not on the right team, the hard part of it. And so, you know, I think that when you have having eight teams, eight SEC softball teams in the Super Regionals, that's just a continuous testament to how good the SEC is in softball how they're only getting better, how these programs are continuing to fine-tune and create the right stuff and have these amazing talents come in and showcase what it is that they're capable of. I mean, we always talk about it in the SEC. It's basically like a mini World Series. We are competing, and it is. (laughs) I mean, when you see the teams that go into the World Series, we compete against those people in three-game series all throughout the year. We are competing against the best of the best, all throughout the year. And so, you know, I think that for a storyline, at least within the SEC, it's just going to be continuing that run. I don't think it's anything that's going to stop. It's only, to me, it's only getting better. It's only getting more vast. You're only seeing more teams. I mean you have teams like Arkansas who haven't been as successful in years past, have these, this breakout year. You have the coach of the year, co-coach of the year, have co-hitter of the year, co-pitcher of the year. Like you have these, once in a lifetime kind of talents coming in and completely reforming the, an organization and it's huge. And, you know, I think one of the conversations could be just that who's the next team that has been counted out in the sec. That's just going to have this breakout year. And so Missouri, Missouri, a team that has been struggling the past couple of years, especially with the different coaches changes. And then you saw them, they had this huge breakout year and Arkansas and then, you know, South Carolina may be next. Mississippi State may be next. Ole Miss had another great year. You know, it's just – and these are te- – and I'm only pointing those out because these are teams that for a really long time had not made it really far. And now it's the standard, right? If you're an SEC team, you're going to make it far. And so it's really it's really cool to see these teams – really develop the way that they have been able to develop the teams that have been really good are still really good and the teams in the sec that were not as good are only getting better and so now the competition level was just raised that much higher which is only going to get those other teams that much better Or when you come to postseason and have to play the Pac-12 or the Pac-10, Big 10, and, you know, being able to play those teams because they have a lot of good teams on in those conferences as well. It's just not stacked the way the SEC is stacked. Literally every team in the SEC is very good, right? You, you, you're cherry picking in the other conferences, but when you do find those ones in those other conferences, they aren't very good, right? And those are the ones you have to be in order to make it through. So continue to watch the SEC grow is only going to continue to elevate and hopefully get some more SEC championships. We get pretty close often, but you know these past couple years, uh, we just have not been able to break it through. So hopefully we're able to see that in the SEC in the next coming years as the competition continues to rise.
0: That's definitely true. The SEC dominance is definitely uh, still growing from top to bottom, like you mentioned. It is, it is stacked. It seems like every, and it's only, like you said, it's only going to get better every year. It seems like more and more teams are are starting to get those opportunities to to grow and really advance themselves, get to the postseason and advance uh, in the postseason. But I did kind of want to wrap it up with you. It's been been awesome having you. Great conversation is kind of your your career at LSU, and, and you started. You know over 200 games had a really had a really outstanding career at LSU. Just what what were a couple of, of memories uh, from Baton Rouge that really really stood out to you? It could be you know on the softball field or or, or off of it, but but can you kind of give us uh, maybe a couple memories that really stood out to you uh, during your time that that really meant a lot to you and and really being able to advance yourself uh, to where you are now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think that being a college softball player at the best university in the entire world, Louisiana State University, being able to go there and not just become an All-SEC player, but an All-American player, went to the World Series twice, my freshman year and my senior year. You know, I think there's a lot of memories that go into just the resilience and the the persistence of the teams that I was on also the coach that I had, you know, Coach Tarina, she has now been able to get the team back to the world series. I mean, I don't even know five times since her, I mean, my freshman year was her, her first year. And so, and went twice with me then, yeah, I think three times after that. So, you know, I think that she has really been able to build a culture where the World Series is the expectation. Where prior to it was gonna, it's an honor. It's a, it's amazing. We're happy to be there. But now, what the culture that Coach Arena has built there, it's it is what you're where we're supposed to end up, right? We're supposed to be at the World Series. And so, you know, I think that for me, my memories just come down to the hard practices. Um, you know, when you ask any athlete, you know, what's their favorite memory? Typically, a lot of times, it's not always. A memory of themselves, right it's a memory of like the team or a teammate because you truly become a family with the girls that you're playing with and um, if i were to think of my favorite one of my favorite memories it's going to have to be when we were playing at home at lsu i think it was my senior year and we were hosting a regional i believe that the, yeah that was the regional we were hosting a regional and we we're playing arizona I think. And what was happening was we were losing or we were down. And Bianca Bell, who's a shortstop at the time, she thought she caught the ball, but the umpire said that it hit the ground first. And so she was distraught, super upset. And we're all in the locker room and we're down by, I want to say one run at this point. And it's like the bottom of the seventh inning. We either make it happen or we don't. People get on. Okay. And Uh, She bats third. So someone had gotten on before me, uh, bat first. I got on, moved them. Or I didn't get on, but moved them. JC Blades, who's after me, gets on. So now there's two runners on the plate. Bianca Bell comes up. And so at this point, I think there's maybe one out. And I don't know. Bianca Bell comes in and hits the winning RBI in. And, you know, I don't know if it was a home run or what it was. It may have been a home run. And so. To me, it's just so exciting, you know, the nerves of almost being out the player that feels like she's responsible is the one that comes in and wins the game for us all. And so, you know, I think that those are the memories that really stick with you the longest. And for me, I would just say the blood, sweat and tears you put into playing and you put into the field and the rewards you reap from it and the lifelong friendships you make. um, Yeah, those are my favorite memories. And just wearing purple and gold, bleed purple, love gold all day, every day go tigers
0: <laughs> well, that's de- definitely true you're always, you're always uh, staying staying focused on on the field and when you have a when you have a bad play you know your opportunity is going to come again and 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 those that that are stay true to themselves really really keying in on what they're doing definitely always uh being able to to come through uh, for the team and in tight spots so definitely glad of that, that memory stuck out to you, but it's just been an awesome having you today. Aj. I know you, you know, you, you've been really busy over the past couple of weeks doing everything that you've been doing, but, but tell everybody where they can find you on social media and kind of what you're doing now. I know you're, you're building your brand and as well as playing professional softballs to kind of or let people know what you're doing now and, and where they can find you as well
1: yeah so when you don't catch me on the field playing pro ball i am also an on-camera host and i just host with a lot of different platforms different brands so with the mlb all-star weekend i was out there hosting with t-mobile so yeah you can catch me just doing amazing things just you know left and right trying to let the world know AJ Andrews is here to talk about sports and give you the, like it in the most fun way ever. But uh, you can catch me on my social platforms, Twitter and Instagram is AJ underscore Andrews underscore. And then you can find me on TikTok at the AJ Andrews and you can find me on YouTube. I'm not as present on there, but if you're looking for some stuff, I am there too.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. It's been been awesome having you. Hope we can do this again soon and and hope you stay safe and well and, and we'll catch up with you later on. All right, thank you. And shout out to everybody for watching and listening as well. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.